who before do. <clears throat> Imagine this morning if I deposited $86,400 into your bank account every day. How many of you would receive that? Come on, I bet you raise your hand this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take three doses of that, Pastor. <laughs> into your account every day, but at the end of the day, whatever you don't spend, you lose. How would you spend it? Some of you just went into a crash and went like, some of you like, that wouldn't take long. (laughs) Every day, whatever you don't use, you lose. Wow. You would, you, I thought about this. You would have to literally, to spend $86,400 a day, you would have to go to Walmart and stand at the cash register and pay for everybody's bill every day, all day long, for you to possibly spend $86,000. Maybe you need to go to the hospital and pay bills. You'll spend it pretty fast there, right? But there's only so much junk you can buy for yourself. It's going to cause you to do what? To get generous, right? You're going to have to start spending money on other people. <laughs> you don't have to be nice with your money <laughs> to get rid of the $86,400 a day. Now we've been given 86,400 seconds every day. And at the end of the day, whatever second we don't use, we waste. We need to be intentional this year. We need to be ready this year. We need to be aware that every moment counts. Every second counts. It's, it's, we only got so many, right? You've only been given so many. Quit doing the math. It's because we be like, you've only been given so many. How would you spend them? Would you still be generous if it was seconds instead of money? You see, I think once you realize what we've been given, it forces you to give something away that you may not think it, even think about giving away. Amen? 86,400. That's what this new series is about. That's what habits are all about. We need to, we need to change some habits. Some of you are tired with the same old results you've been getting year after year after year. And you're fussing and you're frustrated and you're aggravated and irritated because you're just getting the same results. But then you're not changing anything to change the results. Come on. You know, if you cut your grass the same direction every time you cut your grass, you're eventually going to wear some tracks in that yard. And one day you decide to go the other way with it and you're going to beat yourself off the lawnmower. Right? We got to start doing some things different. If we want a smoother life, if we want a better life, we're going to have to change some things up. How many of you would agree with that this morning? We got to change some things up. How many of you are planning to change some things already? How many of you got a plan? Okay, four of you. Good, we'll get one today. But we're all creatures of habits, aren't we? Duke University did a study and it found that 40% of our actions in the week are based on habits. I'll never forget, I was in South Africa for 12 days one time, and I got, I got in the habit of getting in on the left side of the car to ride with somebody. You know, they're all jacked up. They drive on the wrong side, of the, and they drive on the wrong side of the street. So I got in the habit of getting in on the driver's side to ride. 
So when I came back to America, I caught myself a few times trying to get in the driver's side, and I wasn't the one supposed to be driving. It's like me and the driver standing at the door looking at each other. Right? We, we, we're creatures of habit. I have some bad habits. My wife will testify to these, hopefully not real loud, but I, I, I've been chewing my fingernails since I can remember. I, I only quit to let them grow back so I can chew them again. I, they say it's a nervous habit. I don't know. I, I've realized that I don't know when I'm nervous. I don't know when I'm nervous. I guess that's one of the indicators is I don't have any fingernails left. So I'm thinking, man, I must be nervous for a long time. I got a bad habit of being in a hurry all the time. It's like I can't do anything slow. Anybody else like that this morning? Oh, y'all make me feel better. <clears throat> I'm always in a hurry. I eat fast. I don't want to eat fast. But I, I developed the habit of eating fast. Back when I was in construction, you had a 30-minute lunch break. What you going to eat in 30 minutes? In a hurry all the time. Bad habits of mine. This prayer and fasting time reviewed a few bad habits. One of them was I love to eat. <laughs> a bad habit. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Anybody feel my pain? I saw y'all on Facebook. You're like, about to pass out, Pastor. Starving. <clears throat> I love to eat. I realize that. I love to eat between sunup and sundown. Come on, somebody. Right? I mean, you just can't get enough in for supper and breakfast before the sun comes up. And then a couple mornings I overslept and I couldn't eat because the sun already came up. I was in a bind. I was cutting grass one day. I'm, I'm, I'm over here leaning on the countertop in, the, in, in this building. I'm like, <sighs> my wife's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm trying to blow off the parking lot. <sighs> I love to eat. It can be a bad habit, <clears throat> right? Some of you constantly check Facebook. I talked to one friend. He had to move Facebook to his back page of his phone because so, he was in the habit of anytime he had a spare second, boop. Boop. Come on. We all got bad habits, right? Some habits that need to change. Jesus was a creature of habit. He was human just like we are. Luke chapter 22 says this. Jesus left the upper room with his disciples and as was his habit, went to the Mount of Olives, his place of secret prayer. Now that's a good habit. Come on, say prayer is a good habit. <clears throat> It's a good habit. Jesus made the habit or established the habit of getting away from people to get alone and spend time with God. And he did it consistently. The scriptures say he would get away. There was a time that he said that he purposed in his life that I'm going to spend time with God, the father, and I'm not going to let anything say anything. I'm not going to let anything steal my time. Come on, that's the attitude we need to walk out of here with today. That I'm not going to let anything steal me from this moment with Jesus. Because listen to me, there's nothing worse than going through seven days of prayer and fasting, starving yourself, praying, getting all close to God, and then you go back into your old ways. Right? And then come March, you're like, am I saved? Jesus was a man of habits. I find it funny because when I read the scriptures, I've never heard Jesus say, you know what? I don't have time to pray. I never heard Jesus say, I'm too busy to help somebody. Right? 
That was his goal in life. That was his priority in life was to pray and to serve and to help. Bible says he came to serve and not be served. That's a good attitude. Luke chapter four says when he came to Nazareth where he had been raised, he went into the synagogue as he always did on the Sabbath day. So watch this. This is going to be a shocker. Jesus was in church every Sunday. they're, They're dead over there. Jesus was in church every Sunday. Come on. If you're a business owner, you got to declare, I'm not working today. Come on. Jesus was in the synagogues every Sunday. I wonder what our lives would look like if we made a decision to be in church 52 times this year. You're quiet. You're thinking. I like that. What would you, how would this year be different if you decided, you know what, every Sunday we're going to go to church. Every Sunday we're going to let Pastor Jamie lead us into a closer relationship with God. Every Sunday we're going to experience the presence of God. Every Sunday. You've heard me say this before, we don't make that decision at my house anymore. It's been made. It's a non-negotiable. In fact, nobody even negotiates anymore. I've brainwashed my kids so much now that if I tell them they can't go to church, they get upset. Is that right, Anna? Raise your hand. Just tell everybody that's right. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. This applies to every area of life. Your spiritual life, your financial life, your physical life, your, your relational life. It it, it relates to everything. Whatever we do successfully or or continuously or consistently brings success. Sean, Sean Covey said this. He said, our habits make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. Come on, if I stop at the donut shop every day, one day I'm gonna look like a donut. Right? If I eat it, I know a girl that almost eats at Popeye's every day. I'm I'm not kidding you. She lives here in Eunice. She can go, she can walk into Popeye's and they already know what she's going to order. Every day. She's starting to look like a drumstick. (laughs) Pastor, that was mean. I'm just picking. So we need to examine our habits this morning. Let me give you three reasons why we don't succeed. Number one, if you're taking notes, we focus on the what and not the how. Man, I've, I've been guilty of this one for a long time. I never forget one time I wanted to, uh, I used to be really ex- obsessed with, with having a, like a, a, a bodybuilder's body. I, I wanted to be, you know, I had a big frame. I was saying, boy, if I could get bowed up, you know what I'm saying? Like I'd have to beat the women off of me. This is before I was married. <clears throat> Side note. <laughs> Whew. Slipped past that one. But I was obsessed with it. And at one point in my life, I took steroids to try and, and fast track the process. And it worked for a little while. But then the, what I realized is that once you get off of steroids, your steroids leave and your muscles leave. And, and it turns to flap. <clears throat> but I, I've always been obsessed with that. And I thought, man, you know what? And so, so when I quit working out so hard, Bowflex. How many of you watch the Bowflex commercials? Come on, they got all kind of new gadgets out. I think they're really good company. I think they do some incredible things. And I know some guys that have done well with Bowflex. I thought, man, I was so in love with, with looking like the dude on the commercial with Bowflex. 
I was like, I got to get me a Bowflex. The issue was is that I was focusing on the end result and not what it took to get to the end result. And so I got disappointed when I got my Bowflex. I set it up in my room. This is my workout room. I put mats, sweat towels, water. I had everything set up. This is my workout room. The problem was I never went there. But I got the Bowflex and I wanted the body, but I didn't focus on what it was going to take to get there. Amen. Many of us want a great marriage, but we're not thinking about and processing and growing in what it's going to take to get there. The only way to have a good marriage is to get around some folks that have a good marriage so that they can sharpen you up in your marriage. Just like your personal life, if you're left alone, you become dull. Amen. <laughs> Look at your neighbor say, don't say it. Don't say it. <clears throat> Never mind. Sorry, I'm hearing a lot of things this morning. Focus on, we focus on the what and not the how. Here's, here's what's funny. Successful people and unsuccessful people have the same goals. Did you know that? There's not a football team that exists that their goal is not to win a championship. I mean, nobody does all the recruiting, the practicing, the hard work, spend all the money, get everybody there to go, you know what, I'd love to come in fifth this year. No, they all have the same goals, right? The Saints, I mean, they're going to play at 3.30 today, right, Justin? Three, 3.40. Justin's going to get it right. 3.40, and their, their goal is the, the Super Bowl champs. That's what they want to be. They want to be Super Bowl champs for the second time. They couldn't focus just on the Super Bowl. They had to focus on what it was going to take to get to the Super Bowl. Amen? <clears throat> and that next step is beating the Eagles. <laughs> for my Saints fans. <clears throat> nobody's goal is to have higher cholesterol in 2019 right nobody's goal is to get divorced in 2019 our goals are to get somewhere be something that we're maybe not yet but we can't focus on the goal. And then listen to me. Let me clear this up. It's good to have goals. I've been praying for vision for my family, for my own life, and for this church. It's good to have that. But you got to kind of set that like, like, boom, this is my vision. And I'm over here. That's the vision. That's the goal. Okay, if I want a great marriage, that's the great marriage. I got to go, okay, that's great. I'm going to leave that right there. I'll come back and look at it every now and then. But what is it going to take for me to get there? That's what I need to be focusing on. Come on, we fail at our goals come Valentine's because we're, we're tired and all we're thinking about is the goals and it's too hard to get there because we didn't spend any time preparing to get there. Is this making sense? <clears throat> Daniel chapter 6, Daniel was an, you know, Daniel was an incredible man, right? Daniel, the Bible says that Daniel went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he, is, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Daniel said it three times a day. He didn't focus on the goal or on the what, he focused on the how. How am I going to stay in a rich relationship with God? I'm going to have to do some things consistently every day. 
And these are heroes in the Bible, and everybody wants to be a hero in the Bible, right? I'm going to get you to confess something whether you want to confess it or not. I want to be a man of God. I want to have a reputation that says, you know what? He loved God and he loved people. That's what I want people to say about me. But I don't naturally love people. But I've got to do some things consistently every day that's going to get me there. I've got to focus on the how. How are we going to get there? If we're going to get out of debt, how are we going to get there? One decision at a time. I think about Daniel being, man, just a man of faith, and he stood out above the, the rest. And how did he survive the lion's den? Daniel had systems. Your systems is your how. How do we do this? You see, you come hang out at my house. If you come live with me for a little while, you're going to learn the how. How do we have peace in our house? Well, we go to bed at the same time. Nobody stays up playing on anything. When we go to bed, we go to bed, right? We do things together. We eat supper together. Why? Because we love family, right? That's how we have a great family is we intentionally have supper together. Making sense? We got to do some things consistently. Say, say, say consistently. If you want to lose 20 pounds and you want to be more organized and you want to pay off some credit cards, those are great goals. Those are great what's, but how do you get there? One decision at a time. If it's you want to lose some weight, you're going to have to eat better one meal at a time. How do I get there? How do I get there? Number two, we think our small decisions don't matter that much. Isn't that true? Sometimes we overlook the small decisions. We think, oh, that's a small decision. That's not a big deal. I don't need to focus on that. That's not going to, I can play video games for three hours. Yeah, my wife will get mad, but she's not going to leave. Doesn't matter much, right? I can skip church one weekend. The world's not going to end. I'm going to be okay. Nothing's really changed. I can eat a half a box of chocolates. And I can immediately look at myself and go, didn't do nothing. But we think that small decisions don't matter. And the reality is, is that small decisions do matter. They matter. Samson wrestled with some small decisions. Samson was a, a mighty man, but Samson had some failures in his life, and he was unsuccessful in some things. And Judges chapter 16 shows us this. It says one day Samuel, or Sam, not Samuel, Samson, Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Gaza was the headquarters of, of the Philistines. Now Gaza was a 25 mile walk. Samson had a long time to change his mind. But he didn't. In fact, it takes about 56,250 steps to get to Gaza. Samson didn't end his life all of a sudden. He didn't ruin his life in one moment. He ruined his life in 56,000 steps. Every step he took, he could have changed his mind. He could have been on the the 4,000th step and said, you know what? I don't need to do this. Small decisions. Small decisions. always been an aggressive man 
and my weakness has always been anger. Uh, for years, I, I would, if you pushed me, what you would get back was anger. Um, in fact, I was thinking this week, if, <laughs> I don't know if y'all do this, but uh, if my kids leave, you know, I mean, they're, they're 19 to 15, and if they leave to go somewhere, especially the two older ones who drive, if they leave, to, I kind of worry about them. Anybody else worry about your kids? I mean, seriously, like, like the enemy will come, oh, they're going to die today. Oh, they're getting away from your protection. I'm going to kill them today. I mean, he'll start saying stuff. I'm like, I'm, so when my kid, I hate when my kids leave, not because I like them being, I do like them being around, not because I, I want them to stay in prison. It's just I, I, I got to fight this fight when they're gone. So I'm praying for them, praying over them, all these things. And I realized, um, I, I let my thoughts kind of drift this week. And Ethan's up in Toledo been hunting with his, his Piran, and he drove all by himself. And I'm like, I'm like, Lord, and thinking, man, if something happens to Ethan, so I let my thoughts go. I said, man, if something happens to, Ethan's, what, to Ethan, what's my regret? And, and when I realized I was thinking that way, I kind of snapped back into it. I said, you know what? The only regret I have with Ethan is that when he was real young, I was too angry with him. I was too aggressive on him. I tried to, to whip him into shape too early. That's my only regret. I can't go back and change it, right? But anger's been a habit in my life. And the only way it changes is when I take every moment that's been given to me to get angry and I walk in victory. Make sense? I walk in victory. I don't just let the flesh go. I've had to create the habit of pause. <laughs> Somebody cuts you off in traffic. You got to pause yourself a little bit. <laughs> I tend to pray in tongues. Somebody cuts me off. I try to hold my hands down. You see me at the red light going. Pray for me too. I'm picking. But our life is the sum total of all the small decisions that we make. Where you are right now is the, is the consequence or the total of all the small decisions that you've made. Jesus said this in Luke. He said, 16, he said, if you're faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. If you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. You got to hear this part. Your good decisions aren't being wasted. They're being stored up. I'm going to say it again. Your good decisions aren't being wasted. They're being stored up. You see, here's the trick of the enemy. He wants to convince us that we're supposed to see instant results. And we live in an instant society where if I, if I drive up to McDonald's within five minutes, I need a burger, fries, and a Coke. Come on, somebody, that can't be healthy. Right? But he wants to convince us that we have to have results right now. So the reason we don't continue with good habits is because we don't see immediate results. But here's the truth. The truth is, is that good habits are stored up. They're not wasted. Think about this. When you go to boil water, you take a pot, you put it under the sink, you put about 30, 40, 50 degree water in there. I don't know. I didn't look it up. But, but basically it's some pretty cool water, right? And then you take that pot of cool water and you stick it on the stove. You light the stove. And then if it starts at 40 degrees, then one degree at a time, that temperature begins to rise. Right? 
You can go and walk out the room and come back in five minutes and you'll look at the water and you'll go, what are you doing? Well, it's rising one degree at a time until it hits a point of about 212 degrees where all of a sudden it begins to boil, right? Well, that's your good decisions. One good decision after another is building up. It's being stored so that one day you're going to hit a tipping point. One day you're going to love your wife unconditionally. You're going to lay your life down for your wife like Christ laid his life down for, his, for the church. One day you're going to submit to your husband like the Bible says to submit to your husband. You're going to hit a tipping point. One day it's going to be easier for you. But the first time it's not. That's just one degree. Okay. Pastor, I tried. I get this all the time. I tried, I tried Pastor. She just, she's hard-headed. I tried, Pastor. How many times did you try? I tried once. Well, how long has she been trying with you? No, let me, I'm like a metal. <laughs> this is making sense. We have to be careful that we don't fall into this thing of, I got to have it right now. I wish I could tell you me and Cheryl got married and we've always been the way we are right now. It's not. It's not. We're hitting a tipping point. Things are starting to boil in a good way. Come on, somebody. <laughs> right, baby? Shake your head, something, hallelujah. Wave your hanky. <clears throat> Number three. Third reason we don't succeed is we allow our failures to become our identity. We allow our failures to become our identity. I think this is the easiest scene in somebody who struggles with like a drug addiction or alcoholism, right? I mean, they'll, they'll go check themselves into AA. What does AA convince them to do? Confess that they're an alcoholic. <laughs> my name's Jamie. I'm an alcoholic. I'm like, I got to spend the rest of my life saying I'm an alcoholic. You, you see, they continue to wrestle and fall and wrestle and fall because that's now their identity. I think, and I'm, I'm pretty convinced that the secret sauce to changing somebody's life is to help them change their identity. To not find it in their failures, but to find it in their relationship with the father. Come on, that's, I'm learning that's one of the secrets to raising up kids is that I got to help them know who they are in Christ. If I want them to be successful, they need to know who their identity is and where it's found. It's not found in little Billy Bob that gives her attention. It's found in her relationship with Jesus. So when Billy Bob comes with some bad intentions, he's got to get through Jesus. We always say, you got to get through me first. Yeah, but you ain't always around. <clears throat> Paul had some struggles. <laughs> That's what I love about the Bible. It tells you their struggles too. Romans chapter 17, Paul says this. You kind of hear him rant for a second. He says, I really don't understand myself. <laughs> for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. 
Oh, what a miserable person I am. Come on. I don't want to cop an attitude, but I do. I don't want to get angry, but I do. I want to be nice, warm, and kind, but I don't. (laughs) You seeing this this morning? We allow our failures to become our identity. And listen, the enemy wants to convince you that your one bad mistake is now that you're bad. Just because you were bad, you're now bad. Does that make sense? You mess up and now he wants to attach your failure like a name tag to your shirt. Hi, my name is, 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 is T-Boy. I struggle with porn. I drink alcohol. I'm looking at other women. I don't love my wife as much. And I cuss. He wants to convince you that that's who you are. I'm so grateful that God doesn't call me by the names of my failures. I'm so grateful that, that honestly, we hardly even talk about them. That's what really gets me. It's like it's not the biggest thing on his agenda is my failures. It's like he's constantly trying to solidify my identity in him. He's trying, he's trying to con, not convince me, but to help me understand that I am a child of God and I don't need to act that way. Because if I realize how much he loves me and how well I am in his family, then I don't want to do those things anymore. Right? God's not the kind of God that cracks you over the head with your, with your failures in his, in, his, in his hands. It's like your rap sheet rolled up. You mess up. He goes, pow, told you. we hear people say it all the time and some of us say it ourselves say things like this i just have an addictive personality i'm just terrible with money so i'm gonna keep shopping i'm not a disciplined person so i'm gonna keep buying bluebell come on An unhealthy identity creates unwise habits. And unwise habits reinforce an unhealthy identity. It's a cycle, y'all. It's a cycle. Your identity, if it's unhealthy, creates bad habits. Those bad habits continue to declare your identity. So if you don't ever change a habit or get a new identity, you stay on this cycle of just, uh, this is who I am. I've been this way for 30 years. You're tired of yourself. Your wife's tired of you. Everybody's tired of you, but you don't know how to get off of it. I'm just saying today, what if you start with a new habit? What if your habit is to start reading your Bible every day and that changes your identity? Oh my goodness, 365 times I read my Bible this year. I think I'm a child of God. Paul finishes up those verses with this. He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So who changes us? Christ changes us. 
Where does our help come from? It comes from Jesus and the Holy Spirit, right? That's where it comes from. But listen to me. You don't just get it because you're in relationship. Because some people say, oh, Jesus is going to change me. Oh, yeah, when? I don't know. He's going to change me. You don't have nothing to do with that? No, Jesus is going to change me. So every time you choose to walk back to the fridge or the freezer and get that, that, that golden container with the golden lid, right? Come on, they got the new king cake flavor out. Woo! <laughs> I start praying in tongues. <laughs> it's my decision to go to the fridge or not, but Jesus is going to help me. How does he help me? By staying consistently in his presence, staying in his word, and staying connected with him. When I'm consistent in my relationship with Jesus, I'm consistent in every area of my life. When I'm inconsistent with Jesus, I'm inconsistent with everything else in my life. You know it's true. You know it's true. We allow our failures to become our identity. Let me wrap it up with this. Two ways to succeed in 2019. Number one, focus on who before do. Focus on who. Who do you want to be? You want to be a true man of God? Maybe you want to be sober or clean. Maybe you want to be a godly wife and a godly mom. Maybe you want to be financially free and generous. Maybe you want to become bold at your work and be a witness to Jesus. Maybe you just want to be a healthy person. Focus on the who before the do. I want to be a good dad. And I want to be a good husband. That's who I want to be. I don't want my kids to leave my house and not ever want to come back. I don't want them to feel like they're getting out of prison. I want to have to push them away. Come on. I want to have to say, you know what, baby? It might be time for you to move out. Just saying, you're about to get married tomorrow. <laughs> it's time to move out. <laughs> In fact, I, I think it's time to move out, so I packed your bags. <laughs> and they're on the porch. <laughs> and I'm going to bring them to a new place. I found you a new place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I don't want them, like, when they, when they finally graduate high school, like, I'm going to see you. You got to get away from that. Ugh. I don't want that. Right? I want to be a good father, a good husband. When my kids leave, I want me and my wife to already have a plan and already be working on it. Come on, girl. We already working on it. We exercising together. Got the whole house to ourselves. She wearing them tight things. And I'm like, whoo! Come on, I'm getting excited. Pray for me. I got plans. Come on, somebody. If you ain't got no plans, that's your own fault. Them kids is leaving one day, and we're going to have a good time. <laughs> Tell me I didn't put up with them for this long to not get some rewards. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Can't believe I just said that. You did. Oh, you did. I ain't shame. I'm madly in love with Cheryl. Madly in love. 
we're going to be the 80-year-old couple in the ice cream shop, splitting one. And I'm going to wipe that little thing on the side of her cheek, and there's still going to be some fire inside. Come on, somebody, right? I'm keeping my tennis shoes till I die. You'll know what that means later. <clears throat> when you know who you are, you'll then discover what you need to do. Romans 6 says this, we know that our sinful nature, our sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now you are free from your slavery to sin. You have become slaves to righteous living. So who are you in Christ? If somebody came up to you today and they said, who are you? What would you say? Well, first you would probably say your name. Well, I'm Jamie Tyler. Okay, who are you? Ah, uh, raise some cows. Uh, I like to play tennis. Uh, it's not who I am. You should know who you are, right? Who are you? I'm Jamie Tyler. Okay, so who are you? Well, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm a man madly in love with his wife passionately raising his kids to one day leave his house and go up and raise some good grandkids that I get to bring home and spoil. Come on. I'm a guy that pours his life into other people to help other people around me. I'm a guy that does what the Bible says and makes disciples. I'm a guy that helps people in their marriage. I'm a guy that helps people with their physical labor. I'm just an all around good guy. When I die, I want lots of people at my funeral. And I don't want him sitting in the corner going, well, you know, he had that issue. Well, you know, he was like this behind closed doors. No, I want him in there telling stories about me. I remember when that joker showed up one time. I didn't even tell him I was having some issues with this or that. And he showed up and just started helping. You know, it was like the Lord told him to come. That's what I want to happen. That's who I am. I'm a man who wants to finish well. I'm only one decision away from stupid now, but I'm a man that wants to finish well. Who are you in Christ? Well, you're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're more than an overcomer. You're a man, a woman of God. Number two, second way to be successful is to realize the right time to do the right thing is right now. It's right now. Walt Disney said this. He said, the, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. I love that statement. How many of you ever get behind somebody at the red light and it turns green and they don't go? Y'all have done that before, right? Well, the courteous thing to do is to give them a little bump up, right? But there's those days. You, you know what days I'm talking about. Those days when you want to go, bump Right? This morning, I want to give you a little bop, bop. It's time to start making change. You hear me? It's time to start doing something different. Create some new habits. If you're in the habit of going do your own thing when you get off of work and it's all about you guys and you never go home and spend time with your wife just sitting at the bar while she's slaving over the stove and talking to her, then stop doing your own thing and go home and sit in the kitchen and talk her head off. 
And all the ladies said, okay, y'all don't want your man to talk to you? I mean, if I was a woman, I'd have been like, pooh, pastor, come on now, preach. Victory starts today. Freedom starts today. A new life in Christ starts today. Don't wait. Don't wait for it to just happen. So there's good habits. This is some things you need to meditate on. There's good habits. What, what has brought you success? Maybe you got connected to a spiritual family. Uh, started being wise with God's money. Put Jesus first. Those are good habits. Hang on to those good habits. Maybe you've got some bad habits. You need to think about this. Maybe there's some things you need to stop doing. Like being critical, complaining, worrying, carrying guilt and shame. Those are some things you need to let go of. Maybe being angry, so easily angered. Let go of those things. And then there's some missing habits. What do you need to start? Maybe you need to start tithing. Maybe you need to be committed to coming to church every Sunday. Maybe you need to join Next Step. Maybe you need to go and join a life group. Maybe you need to pray with your spouse now. Maybe you need to read your Bible. 